Well, welcome everybody to New Hope Church Online. We're so glad that you're joining us today. I'm Ben. I'm Christian. And we want to just share with you some things that are coming up here at New Hope Church that you can participate in. The first one is Operation Christmas Child. Just want to remind you guys that if you did pick up a box earlier this year, we'll be collecting them er later on this month. And if you still want to be involved in Operation Christmas Child, you can always go online at the link right on the screen to build an online box. Yeah, it's really cool. Operation Christmas Child is an awesome uh, thing that we get to take part in every single year around this season. And we're looking forward to that. Many of you picked up boxes. I think we have over 100 boxes that went out. And so we're totally stoked about that. And also coming up this month, we have several events coming up, starting with our Vision Night 2020 happening Wednesday, November 18th. Now, our vision night is where we get to take a look back at all the things that God has done in 2020. And believe me, there's a lot of things, some different things, but amazing things that God has done throughout this year, even in the midst of a pandemic. And so we're going to get to look back and glorify God in all the things that he did even in the midst of all the things that we've been going through this year. And so join us Wednesday, November 18th. And then also the following week on Wednesday, November 25th, we're having our Salt Thanksgiving special. It's going to be a two-hour special where you get to participate in because salt stands for serving and learning together. That's our DNA here at New Hope Church. And the beauty behind salt is where we learn and we discover the flavor of God, the flavor of Jesus, and then we take it and share it with the world. Because I don't know about you, but this world needs a lot of flavor from Jesus. And so it's a really gonna it's gonna be a part for you to join us and take a part in this online. We're gonna have some we have some really cool things, some different things happening. And so we invite you to join us. Wednesday, November 25th for our Salt Thanksgiving special. And that's all of our announcements for today. But if you want the latest up-to-date information, always be sure to check our website, follow us on our social media, or download our mobile app. Have a great day. Thanks, Christian. You know, there's a lot of things happening here at New Hope Church. And one of the great things that we talked about was Operation Christmas Child. Now, you know, I don't want to scare anybody but it's November 8th. We got 47, I think, 47 days before. I don't even think that's correct. I think I, I, my math is wrong, but we, we're almost there to Christmas. And I know for many of us, this has been a very interesting year. And so for Katie and myself, what we wanted to do this year for Christmas is we wanted to instill in our kids the value of giving, not receiving but giving. And so what we did is we took part in Operation Christmas Child. I want to share with you what it looked like. Take a look. Hey, what's up, everybody? Pastor Ben here, and we are here at Target filling up our Operation Christmas Child boxes with the family, so let's go. So these are the things that you guys can actually give inside. So what are those? Socks. Socks? Yeah. All right. Throw them in the, throw them in the wagon. Throw them in the wagon. So as you can see, this is all the amazing stuff that we picked up for our Operation Christmas Child. And so we're going to fill the boxes and we're going to send them out to bring hope to children that need it and share the love of Jesus. Yeah. That's right, Luke. We're going to share the love of Jesus with every box.
so that's what we look like for us during Operation Christmas Child. I know it's funny because we went to the store and I got to share with them the heart of Operation Christmas Child, that it's where we get to give hope and the love of Jesus to kids who are in far more need than us. And it's funny because I have, you know, I have my kids, Caitlin who's seven, Brian who's six, and Adrian who's three. And as we were grabbing things to put in the box, they're like, Dad, can I have this? Dad, can I have that? And what was so amazing was it wasn't coming from me, but my oldest daughter, Caitlin, turned around to her younger sisters and said, guys, this is for other kids that have absolutely nothing. And what I realized, what, my, what Caitlin was saying was, she caught the heart of a soul greater to give because when we give, we allow God to do great things, not only for others, but we allow him to do great things in and through us. And that's why we get, we're so blessed to give our tithes and offerings. And so right now, would you join, join me as we pray for our tithes and offerings and get to be a part of what God is going to do in the lives of his people? Would you bow your heads? Lord, we come before you right now, Lord, and we thank you so much, Lord, that you are the best giver of all. That, Lord, you've given us so much. You've given us so many things. And, Lord, right now, as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we do so, do, we do so with cheerful hearts, knowing that, Lord, you're going to take it and you're going to use it to reach people who need hope, who need love, and they find it in you, Lord, because your hope, your love never fails. And what a joy it is that we get to partner with you. And so, Lord, would you just take our tithes and offerings right now, Lord, and let your will be done with it. Thank you for being a loving God, a loving king and that we get to partner with. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. And we look forward to all the great things that you're going to continue to do because you are a great God. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen. Today, Pastor Sean is continuing his series, Your Kingdom Come. And he's going to be talking about Jesus being our compassionate king. Would you welcome up Pastor Sheldon? Thanks, Pastor Ben, and welcome once again to our New Hope Church Online. I have my boxes today because if, if not, I may forget. So for some of you, if you have your boxes already, know that, uh, know that you can already— they can drop them off already, right? Or, okay, okay. I, di- I, didn't, I wasn't paying that much attention to what Pastor Ben—I'm sorry, Pastor Ben. Um, all I know is I was instructed to bring it today. That way, uh, that way we have it. Uh, but I'm so thankful that you as the church are doing things like this because of what's happening around the world. We don't stop being the church. We still continue to be the church. In fact, I wanted to, I wanted to say a couple of praise reports and even some prayer requests. And by the way, uh, Pastor Ben, it's 18 days till Thanksgiving and 47 to Christmas. So we are, we are, we're getting there. But I wanted to share some praise reports and, and some prayer requests so that we as a church can, can, uh, can be praying. Uh, so a, a couple, a married couple said, we want to request a prayer to continue to bless our ohana in this trying time of COVID-19. Also bless our ohana as we are trying to find our way back to the graces of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I feel that I, for the most part, have lost my way and need Jesus to continue to help me and help guide me in being the best version of myself, not only for me, but for my ohana. So we're going to pray for them. Uh, this mom asks for prayer for their son because of kidney failure, so we, we can pray for healing. Uh, this person said, please pray for me and my husband as we are stuck in addiction. 
I need help to get sober and enter treatment. So we'll pray also for that person. Thank you to the staff and, vo- staff and volunteers that continually share God's love in all that you do. Mahalo. Uh, another person said, thank you, and God bless you all for bringing church into our home. We love you. Another person said, Keakuapu. God bless Pastor Sheldon, Ohana, and staff at New Hope Hilo. We miss face-to-face church, but grateful for online messages. Another person said, Aloha, Pastor and staff of uh, NHC, New Hope Church. Just wanted you all to know how much I appreciate all of you. I am so grateful for the live stream worship service living away from Hilo. It keeps me connected. And then the last person, still thinking of you guys at New Hope Hilo. I miss attending the service in person. I get you. I get you. Thank you for being faithful and providing online worship opportunities during these tough times. Drove by a couple times to drop off my offering, check, uh, drop off my offering, check on the garden weeds, and look for fruits, but the gate still locked. <laughs> so, uh, and it says, God bless y'all. Uh, thank you guys for your, your kind words, as well as for those of you who are requesting prayer. Uh, and then for those of you who are wondering, because we get asked often, when are we going to reopen? I know a couple of things that the Lord has put on my heart, and um, it's this. For us to regather as the church but not function as the church wouldn't make sense, which means that if we still have to practice social distancing as well as have mandatory masks, then that's going to be very difficult. Uh, because of health issues and things like that. For some people, being mandatory with the masks are hard, especially singing and worship. I mean, I I worship with my mask on, and it is very difficult. It's hard to breathe. So when it it comes to that place, we know more or less uh, when we'll reopen. I know there are other ideas that are coming our way, and we're trying to think of every opportunity and every possible way how we can regather safely. But that's where we are, and just listening for the Spirit of God and, and regathering. Uh, for some people, uh, they've been attending other churches, and we understand that. Uh, but for us here, this is what God is asking of us, so we're just doing our very best, as well as providing online services. We'll get there soon, guys. We will get there soon. Continue to seek God. And, and that's what today's message is all about, and we'll get into that. But let, let's pray for these uh, prayer requests Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we get to come to you. And even though we may not be gathering together face-to-face right now in one group setting, we are still the church. We still function as the church in the world. We're still able to, to pray to you and lift up others. So we pray for these that, has asked, that have asked for prayers, that you would bless the families. For those who have lost their way, because they haven't been gathering together in person. May they develop their relationship with you on a personal basis. And not that they haven't, Lord, but that there would be a more of pressing into you, a a deeper relationship with you, that they would connect with you on a daily basis from moment to moment and be mindful of your presence. We pray for this woman's son for kidney failure, that you would bring healing to his body, wholeness and restoration that you would draw him near to you. We pray for this other person who, for her and her husband, they're stuck in addiction. We pray that they would, they would find that healing in you and enter whatever treatment is available 
there are so many different ways for them to find wholeness and healing. We also thank you, Lord, for our staff team and even our volunteers who host online and, and who do other things. Like when we had our trunk or treat, we had volunteers put the candies together and, and, and volunteer that night. Even with our Operation Christmas Child, things like that, we're so grateful that we can still be effective in our world today as the church. May we never forget who we are, Lord. That even though we're not meeting together in a church building, it doesn't mean that we as a church cannot continue to be the church in the world. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen, amen. For those, if you need help, you know, someone was praying for that addiction, you can email us at ask, A-S-K, at newhopehilo.org and just give us your information. We also have people online that can pray for you and just let them know, I need help. Is there a place that I can go to? Is there a way for me to get help? And please do so because that will help you to get connected to the help that you need, okay? And, and, and still put in those prayer requests. I know online you're doing that, but don't forget, we're here praying for you guys, okay? Well, we are in our series, His Kingdom Come, and today we're gonna be talking about the king that we serve, who is Jesus. And here it is. He is a compassionate king. Jesus is the compassionate king. I'm so thankful that he's a compassionate king. See, Jesus has such a love for people that when he saw their hurts, he saw their pain, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion for them. That's the heart of Jesus. See, Jesus is more than a king in the kingdom of God. He is a compassionate one. Now, some of us, even in our very own homes, have someone who is compassionate, someone who is very loving, very giving, and the one who thinks of others the most. Now, before you fight about that, let me, let me just tell you a, a couple of things that have happened in our home, and just to show you the differences of compassion. So, we have two dogs, and they're in a fenced yard. Well, one day... A cat uh, was cruising on the outside in our yard, and my dogs were going crazy. And of course, the cat knows it. So the cat just will walk by very slowly with the tail just kind of waving. And then my dogs are going crazy. And, and so I, I try to calm them down and, like, let it go. It's a cat. And then the cat will sit down and just sit there. And so I let my dogs... No, I didn't, I didn't let them out. Some of you are thinking, you didn't let your dogs out. I didn't do that. That's, that's not compassionate. Well, that happens day after day, and so my dogs go crazy. Well, one day, I don't know what the cat was thinking. It jumped into our fenced-in area where the dogs were. Um, I have a heart for animals, and I know many of you do. So does my family. So the cat didn't make it. I had to take the cat to the Humane Society. My heart was broken, and I was, I mean, just in, in a, I was sad. I was sad because that happened. A little bit traumatizing, so I had to really sit before God and process all of this. So, of course, when Heidi came home, I let her know, and um, she felt bad too. My grandchildren, on the other hand, um, this is pretty interesting. 
So I have three grandchildren. The oldest is going to be 11 this month. So they're two years apart, 11, 9, and 7. So they come over, and I, I just needed to let them know what happened that day, just in case they don't see that cat anymore. And I, I, I said, hey, guys, I just want to let you know that um, this happened today. The, the cat came in the yard, and then they didn't make it. The oldest, Jaden, he said, what? What? The second, Landon, he's like, oh, no. Oh, very compassionate. The youngest, Oakley, said, is there a video? <laughs> I was like, here's a little hisp. <laughs> so I'm sorry, hisp. Lisp, lisp. I'm like, what the? And I'm, I'm traumatized by this. I'm like, a video? I think he just wanted proof. That's my hope. He just wanted proof. I'm like, does anybody besides Landon have compassion? Now, compassion is different than compliment. Like compassion, there's a, there's a heart for there's a, There's something that happens on the inside. There's a, there's a heart connected to it. And so does a compliment, but, but there's a difference. Like have you ever tried complimenting someone and it doesn't go the way you wanted it to go? Like I, I heard of a husband trying to compliment his wife just on the, the because she's been working out. And so he said, wow, you got some, you got some nice arms. And she's like, what, what, do you, what do you mean I have nice arms? He's like, no, your arms, like it looks kind of like, toned and little like like stronger and and she says well well, well what do you mean he said well, it's like a it's like um it's like a nice drive you know when you take a nice drive and it's just beautiful it's just solid it's like oh so you're saying i have like man arms it's like no 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 i'm just I'm just saying it's like and so this guy, he just kept digging himself deeper and deeper in the hole because he's trying to explain what he sees. But at the same time, the other person is not able to see what that person sees. So that's the difference between compassion and compliment. Compliments can only go so far. Compassion, there's a, there's a deep-rooted feeling behind it. Compassion is what drove Jesus Christ, not a compliment. Jesus wasn't there to compliment people, although he may have. His, his heart was moved with compassion. Compassion, the explanation of it or the definition of it biblically, is to be moved as one's bowels, like deep in your intestines. That's what the Bible is saying. To be moved with compassion or having compassion of that deep-rooted sense of love and pity, like deep in your guts, that you have concern for the sufferings or misfortune of others. So, and a, a compliment is basically politely congratulating or praising someone for something. So there's a difference between complimenting and having compassion for someone. Jesus was moved with compassion. We're going to take a look at a couple of scriptures before we get into our, a couple of key points that will help us understanding that Jesus is a compassionate king as well as what do we do with that? As believers, where do we go with knowing that Jesus is a compassionate king? If we want to be a part of his kingdom and his kingdom living in us. Well, Matthew 9.36 tells us that when Jesus saw the multitudes... 
He was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He had compassion on them because they were they're, they're wandering. They're lost. They don't have anyone to guide their life. They don't have anyone to help them with their insecurities, with their deep-rooted emotions that take them astray. Jesus was compassionate toward them because he knows the human heart and the human condition. So he had compassion on them. In Matthew 14, verse 14, when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed they're sick. He was moved with compassion. He has such a heart for us that he has compassion towards us. See, Jesus saw that they were without a shepherd. They saw that they were sick, so he, he, he guided them. He shepherded them. He healed them. And he still does that today. For some, when we have this difficult time not meeting together as the church and, and we find ourselves going astray, maybe what Jesus is saying is, you need a shepherd in me. That I want to be your guidance, especially in times like this. And he wants to be our healer. The one who sees our hurts, our pain, our difficulties, and he says, I want to be the one who brings healing. Why? Because he's a, he's a compassionate king. When was the last time you got frustrated, or when was the last time someone frustrated you? When were, when were you frustrated at someone last? Maybe you're frustrated now with someone, but when was the last time you were frustrated? Maybe a family member, a coworker, maybe a friend, maybe the person driving next to you or behind you or in front of you, maybe the person standing in line. When was the last time someone frustrated you? Just think. Maybe for some of us, we're like, I don't need to think. This certain person frustrates me all the time, every single day, every time. Or every time I see so-and-so, they're just frustrating. I get irritated by them. So it's easy for us to point out when someone frustrates us. So let me ask you the second question. With that person who frustrates you a lot, when was the last time you had compassion for them? When was the last time you had compassion for them? You know, even Jesus gives a story about a servant who owed what he couldn't pay just to communicate his heart of compassion. And it's found in the book of Matthew. And I'll read verse 27. It's, it's already in the story. So if you want to read the entire story, turn to Matthew 18, and then you can read it later. But Jesus comes to this conclusion that the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So Jesus gives a story just to show what compassion looks like. See, compassion has the power to forgive someone who may not deserve it, and at the same time, compassion asks for forgiveness when anger doesn't let them. You may have been angry at someone because of something, maybe an offense you took on, maybe they did something that you didn't agree with and you, you just had a, an, an offense or maybe even a, a disdain for that person. 
And maybe they did nothing to you personally, but maybe it affected you vicariously through someone else, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, maybe a, a, another Christian, a believer, or whatever it is, but you held an offense over that person. And what we normally do is we go to that person and say, I forgive you. The problem with that is there's nothing to be forgiven because that wasn't done to you. You may ask God for forgiveness for how you've been feeling towards that person. But to go to ask that, to ask that person for, that you forgive them is an indication that they did something wrong to you. Because if that, if that person continues to do what they're doing, you're still dealing with unforgiveness. But that unforgiveness wasn't here. You just took on an offense, and there's no grace under God there. Forgiveness is for that person between whatever happened. But for you, if you're dealing with that, this is when you go to Jesus. Because he's compassionate. He sees the hurt. He sees the pain. And if there was an offense that was taken, you took that on, the only way that will be remedied is if you go back to the king, the compassionate one. See, in this story that Jesus is giving, he's saying that the master released him, forgave him the debt. Why? Because the debt was owed to the master. We can't look at that servant and say, how dare you do that? I forgive you for that. That person is like, okay, I, whether you forgive me or not doesn't change anything. But if there's something in your heart, go to the king. Go to the king. He's the compassionate one. And that person has to deal with whatever they have to deal with. Jesus' compassion for us is greater than our unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, suffering, pain, even the hurts that we feel when we see injustice. He's a compassionate king. This one time, Jesus is healing people. And someone with, someone with leprosy comes to him and begs Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now that statement alone, Jesus knows, wait a minute, I, I know I can make you clean. So the issue wasn't, am I able to heal you to Jesus? That wasn't the issue. The issue wasn't, well, being willing. If you're asking, am I willing? That's, that's not the issue. Let's look at what happened when, when this man said this. In Mark 1, 41, it says, Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. See, the issue wasn't if Jesus was willing or not, because he's a compassionate king. Sometimes we, we wonder, Jesus, are you willing? Are you? Sometimes people even ask, is he even able? The thought also comes up with, maybe I'm not good enough, or maybe I did evil. Maybe I'm too far from God. And we come up with all of these scenarios for the reasoning why we're still where we're at. 
well, this leper comes to Jesus and says, you know, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He's already, he's telling Jesus what he already knows, what Jesus already knows. Sometimes it's just an adjustment in us. Not if Jesus is willing, not questioning his authority, because it's okay to come to him just as we are. But what this man was dealing with was more than his thought process or his maybe even doubts about Christ or his willingness. What this man dealt with was making the effort to come to Jesus. How many other lepers were there? How many other people were sick? that never took the opportunity because they thought he wasn't willing or he wasn't able or he's not even going to notice me. Like, for many of us, we come up with our reasons and excuses not to come to Jesus than the very one reason why we should, that he's compassionate. Compassionate means no matter where we are or what we go through, whatever we look like, whatever our past is, whatever our, our behavior is right now, our attitude, whatever it is, because of his compassion we can come to him with all of that junk, with all of those insecurities, all of the doubts. We can come to him. Why? Because he's willing, he's able, and he has the power to do what needs to be done in our lives. But we're going to have to come to him. Jesus was still healing people in Mark chapter 6, verse 34. As Jesus is coming out, he saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. You know when we come to Jesus and, 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 and he's, he's moved with compassion for us and he, he loves us, it's at that moment that he's going to give us some teaching moments. He's going to give us some lessons to learn. But unless we understand that he's compassionate, we're going to take offense again. In fact, when someone is trying to teach us, we'll, we'll, our pride will shoot up. Our, our pride will refuse to listen or receive. Even though Jesus is the one trying to teach us these things. When we understand he's compassionate towards us, then however he's teaching us, we'll be able to learn. Why? Because he is the compassionate one. Now, people may not be compassionate. People may say some, some things or teach in a way that may not be uh, a way we receive, but we can still be taught. Why? Because if we're looking to Jesus as the compassionate one, maybe someone is trying to teach us something and maybe they're doing it in a way that's, that's where we're unresponsive or we're having a difficult time receiving it. We can hear it, but process it with Jesus later. Let's just say your boss is saying, you know, you're supposed to do this, 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 and this. You know, you turn in this late, you're, 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 uh, you always have excuses, you gotta, you gotta shape up. Maybe they don't say it in a, a you know, a, a compassionate way. But we can still take that to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, this is what I felt earlier. I felt berated. I felt demeaned. 
I felt less than. I felt devalued. What do you say? With all these things that have been said about me, what do you say? And let Jesus coach you. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. These people, when they were with Jesus, were there all day long. They became hungry. And then what does Jesus do? Jesus feeds them with five loaves of bread and two fish. And we know it as the feeding of the five 5,000. In fact, it was more than 5,000 because of the women and children. They just counted the men who were there. Maybe because men eat the most. I don't know. But there were 5,000 plus people. In Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 15, soon afterwards, Jesus went with his disciples to the village in Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin, touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus was moved with compassion because of what happened. Now, I don't know why Jesus doesn't do that today. I don't know why. Well, there are some miracles that still happen today. I don't know why he doesn't do it for everybody. I can't answer that. I can't answer why everybody doesn't get healed. I, don't, I can't answer that. This is the same way that as a child when my mom would tell me to do certain things, I didn't understand her until I had children of my own. I just didn't understand at that time. We don't understand that now, why Jesus doesn't do everything. But when we go home to be with him, everything will make perfect sense. So what can we learn from Jesus being a compassionate king? In the kingdom of God, here's the first thing. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus and it may almost seem like, yeah, I know this. I know this. I know about that. That's the whole point. We know these things, but are we close to Jesus? A test to see how close we are to Jesus is find the person you dislike the most or even hate. And that's our measurement on how close we are to Jesus. That's our measurement. That which you do to the least of these, my brethren, that which you do unto me. So stay close to Jesus, whether people agree with you, whether people like you or not, ridicule you, speak negatively about you, whatever, however people treat you, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to him. Not how well you know the Bible that's going to determine our relationship with Jesus or who's in the White House. It's not the, the church that we, that we look to. It's Jesus. And, and although as, as a church, we, we do hold some amount of responsibility to keep each other accountable and things like that, or even our relationship with Jesus, we help one another, we still need each other. We get that. But staying close to Jesus is very important. We will regather soon. In the meantime, Stay close to Jesus because when we regather, guess what? We still need to stay close to Jesus. Probably all the more because we're going to think that, ah, 
I can relax now because now we're regathering. No. Stay close to Jesus. Ask Paul the apostle. He wasn't able to attend church. He was in prison. And while he was in prison, guess what he does? He writes these letters to all the different churches. We know it as the epistles of Paul, the letters of Paul. Most of the New Testament is, are the letters of Paul. He wrote those letters. One day, when we regather, and, and however that looks, we're going to be able to function even that much greater as the church collectively together in community. Because I get it. It's, it's difficult for many because church is that place where community is formed. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with feeling like I don't want to watch church online because it's not the same. I get that. Plus, you like see us in person, eh? So I guess maybe for some, you just, you need that environment. And that's fine. I get it. And once again, compassion is given to you. That's, that's Jesus to you too. He has, a, he has compassion for you. And I know that gathering together in the building has that value. I miss those times too. So what I look forward to is when we get to regather again rather than just going wandering astray and just waiting for that time and saying, well, I'll just wait for us to regather. I guess I'm on my own. No, 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 don't do that. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. I remember getting lost at Ala Moana. And I don't, I don't know how old I was, but I just remember my mom saying over and over, stay near to me, stay right by my side. Why? Because she's shopping. She's shopping. For who? For us. So she's shopping, and I saw gum. I saw the bubble gum machine, and I didn't have money. So there's a way that I was trying to get the gum. And then, next thing I know, I can't find my mom. So what do you do? You go to the cashier, and then you say, um, do you know where my mommy is? And they say, are you lost? Yeah. And then, of course, on the PA system, uh, we have a lost boy here, you know, blue shirt, jeans, no more slip <laughs> whatever it is. And then, of course, here comes mom, and we all know that look, and it's not a good look that, you know, we know we're going to die soon. So, but what my mom said was, she said, she said, Sheldon, what did mom tell you? <laughs> stay, stay close to you? Then why didn't you stay close? I wanted the gum. I wanted the gum. My hand got stuck. Well, next time, stay close to mommy, and I'll get you gum later. You said that the last time. You never, you never give me the gum. So now, what does mom say? Stay close to me. What do I do? <laughs> I stay right next to my mom. And then she started walking like, Mom, wait for me. And I'm walking away, trying to stay by my mom, and no matter where she went, I'm like, Mom, stay by me, Mom. Stay by me. When you're walking away, are you going to walk away? And Mom is looking at me. It's, now it's a whole different issue. Stop crying and, you know, and, and all of that. Even though I'm crying along the way, staying next to my mom, I wasn't lost after that. Did you know that you can cry and 
and bring your emotions to Jesus? You can do that. You don't have to wait till you get your act together to come to Jesus. We can follow him. Jesus, I'm going through all this. My wife's not listening to me. And Jesus will have compassion. And he, he'll, he'll love us. He understands us. Even though we cry, even though our hearts, even though our hearts are bitter, angry, frustrated. He's still compassionate towards us. Here's the second thing. And this is where Jesus gives compassion for us so that we can be compassionate towards others. Be compassionate towards others. Because people are going to say mean things to you. They're going to uh, gossip about you. Uh, They may even betray you. You can still be compassionate towards them. Husbands and wives, we can be compassionate towards one another. And sometimes, you know, like... For some reason, after you're married a long time, the things that never bothered you before become irritants. Before, it was, it was cute. It was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Look how you drink water. It's like, <laughs> now it's like, oh, you're such a slob. Like, what happened in these years? There's just, whatever it is, there's something that changes along the way. So husbands and wives, we can be compassionate towards each other. Even people who you may have a hard time with. And this is what I say in my mind. This just helps me. I'm not sure if it's biblical, but this helps me to have compassion. In my mind, I have to say things like, maybe something happened in their past that I'm unaware of. And, and, and maybe I'm, I'm slowly moving to that area because in the beginning, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, putin yeah, this person. Like, sad. Sad they act like that. Putting, putting, they all bust up. So, something's wrong. Like that was the thought before, well, and hopefully now it's maybe something happened in their life that causes them to react in this kind of way. So I want to give you some reflection questions and, and close with this. Not just stay close to Jesus, which we, we want to make sure that we're doing, but also be compassionate to other people. But here's the questions. What is your understanding of Jesus being a compassionate king? What's your understanding? And maybe talk that through. Maybe if, if you're in your home group, you can talk about that or between your family members. Like, what is your understanding of Jesus being a compassionate king? And then the second thing, how can you work on being compassionate towards others today? Like, what, can we, what can we work on? Maybe it's the way we think. Maybe it's being frustrated quickly. Maybe we have a short fuse. Whatever it is, how can we work on being compassionate towards someone else today? We're going to pray for that. If you bow your heads with me, we'll pray. Lord God, help us today as we, one, stay close to you. That's, that's, that's where we want to be. And sometimes we stray because of whatever circumstances that comes our way. But today we want to stay close to you. Every day, remind us to stay close to you. And as we do so, we're going to learn more about what it means to be compassionate. So help us to be compassionate to other people. Help us to have compassion, the kind of compassion that you have, so that when we see a hurt, a pain, even when someone is angry, that we'd have compassion. 
that we would transition from being judgmental to being compassionate. Because that's where we are in our world today. Help us to be compassionate. Lord, we pray for those who may be distant from you right now. And maybe today is their, is their way of drawing closer to you. And, and maybe they don't know you as Lord and Savior. Maybe they've been watching for a while. Maybe you've been tugging at their hearts. But today is their opportunity to draw close to you so that you in your kingdom can be their Lord and Savior. And the Bible says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today, if you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, just call upon him and you shall be saved. It's a simple prayer. It's very simple. You can repeat after me if you need to. And here's the prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Wash me clean. I give you my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And if you said that prayer, there's going to be a link that pops up online. Can you just click that because it will help you with follow-up? We do want to help you in your growth with Jesus Christ. We want to disciple, which we've been doing, and we're going to be doing that more with all of you as our church, that we're going to disciple someone because that's where we need to be. We need to, as Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. So please click that link because it will help you stay connected as well as grow in your relationship with Jesus. We want to give you some tools and equip you in doing so. As we conclude today, let Jesus be the Lord of your life. That's our prayer today, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all sit together. Amen.